All right, church, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to be up here, as always. Um, got one thing to preach, and I like it. I love it. So um, I've got something that I want to speak on today, and I feel like it's something that needs to be taken very seriously. Um, in the recent weeks, I feel like our church has been under attack. You know, I feel like our church has entered a season where its members are are being tested, all right? We're going to see what our faith is. We're going to see what our church is really made of in this time of season, right? And so what I want to discuss is going to be combat ready, right? So as a church, when we come to service and we come, you know what I mean, on Sundays, you know, this is a great time to be filled up. It's a great time to be surrounded by people who are in the spirit too. But Sunday is not enough, all right? You can't just come to church on Sunday and expect the whole week to be like perfect, right? So during the week, as Christians and as family members, we've got to be combat ready. So that's what I want to speak on today. If you brought your Bible, I'd like to turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, if you got it. If not, I have well, uh, the main verses on the screen behind me here. Uh, but essentially, in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God, right? And the armor of God is something special. It's nothing that this world could even comprehend. Because it's from the spiritual realm, right? It's something that God himself has crafted for us to have in our lives. So the armor of God, you know, why, why do you need this? Why is it important? Well, it's going to give you full protection from whatever the enemy has to throw your way, right? So when we have the full armor of God on, man, you are, like, you are a unit, right? You are built to withstand. You are built to defend. And this is going to help you with your daily battles, you know, because as we go through our lives, we're all facing something right now. Everyone's in a season, you know, it may not be as big as the last one you're in, but everyone's in a season right now. And so I want to remind us that when you have the armor of God on, it's, it's okay. All right? No matter what you're going through, it's going to be all right. Amen. So it's important because when we do not have our armor on, the devil has vantage points in your life, right? So when you... You maybe have one or two pieces on, you leave yourself exposed to those other places that you don't have your number on. And the devil doesn't need much to work his way into your life. It takes something small, and he's in there. So once he's made your way into your, once he's made his way into your life, what he's going to do is he's going to try to overtake you. Everything that God has blessed you with and everything that God has put in front of you, he wants it. He's going to try to take it because he knows that God gave it to you. He don't want you to have anything from God. But today, we're going to put our armor on. Right? Whether you've had it on for a long time or maybe you haven't had it on, today we're going to make sure that we all leave with our armor on. So I want to take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So the thing is, the devil, he's a smart guy. You know, he's a real smart guy. You know, he's not going to play a dumb way. He's not going to play a dumb card. So the devil works in subtle ways. And he works in your emotions, in your heart, in your finances. Whatever it is that you're gonna, he's going to have, he's going to use it against you. But he works in small ways, you know. So an example that I could use for myself is, you know, sometimes I come home from work and I'm like, hey, babe, how are you? You know, she's like, hold on, give me a second, right? But... When she says that to me, I'm taking like, oh, like, I'm not important to you? Okay. But that's the enemy right there already. Just that small little glimpse right there. That's all he needed right there. That's going to shut down me and my wife for the rest of the night. 
And that's what he wants, because he wants us to be isolated from those that we care about. But he does this so you don't call him out. Because if you call the devil, then he has to flee from you. Because it says if you withstand the devil, then he will flee from you. But how can you flee if you don't know what you're going against? So that's when you call him and say, oh, no, devil. I know that was you, man. I'm not going to let you do that to me. Nope. I got a guy with me right now. I'm not going to do that. But you have to be diligent in the work of the Lord. You have to understand that this is always going to be here. This, this fight that we have to constantly go through with, you know, having to fight the devil and his temptations, it's always going to be here. It's always going to be here. And the thing is that after this life, if you've done the race and you've done the hard work, you get to rest in eternity with peace, something that I can't even, you know, tell you about because it's so good that words can't describe. But this fight is temporary, and while we're here, we need to stand firm, and we need to face our battles, you know? But that's why we have church, right? So, you know, as you go through your week, oh, man, it's rough, you know, I was going through this, I was going through that. But then you come to church on Sunday, and you've got your brothers and sisters next to you who are ready to fight for you, right? And if you're not connected with, like, you know, the church, on Wednesday nights, we have a men's group, and, oh, man, let me tell you, men's group, that's amazing, because I can't tell you how many times I've been through my week and I'm like, golly, I really need my men's group today. Like, I can't believe this. And you know, when I go to men's group, they're all so saturated in the spirit. Like, when I ask them something, they speak, like, truly with the hand of God. I'm like, thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Because I really need to hear that. And you got to be careful who you take advice from. Because if you go to the world for something, they're going to give you a worldly answer, a worldly advice. You know, an example would be like, oh, man, you know, um, this lady and I have been not really working out, you know, I can't stand her, this and this and that, you know, worldly advice, like, bro, leave her, man, there's plenty of fish in the sea, man, you don't need that, you know, go find yourself something. But then the godly advice says, like, no, nah, man, like, God made that woman for you. God has handpicked that woman for you. He knew before you even thought of it that that would be your woman, right? That's going to be your, your, your bride, your promise. Then we're going to take a look at Ephesians 6.14. And here we see the first piece of armor. Alright? This is my favorite one right here. No, no, sorry. This is not my favorite one. The next one is. This next one is my favorite one. But Ephesians 6.14 tells us to stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. So when you have truth, you have knowledge. And when you know scripture, you know the promises that God has made to you. Because it says in the Bible that God has promised us a victory in all that we go through. Amen. And he tells you, like, I'm doing the work for you. You just got to trust me. I told you I was going to push this, but I got you. Why are you worrying? I just want to tell you, though, that everything you have been through and that you are going through is for something. God would never allow you to go through something that would be for nothing. Because God loves us so much that whatever we go through, he's going to make it to build us. It says that he uses what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good. Yeah. Amen. That's right. So whether you're struggling with you know, finances or family or whatever it is, just know that there's a purpose for your struggle. And even though you may not see the reason behind it, you got to trust him. you got to trust the process because God sees the big picture. And we're small minded. We like to see just what's ahead. Brother Cody had told me something uh, a week ago or so, and I was like, oh, man, brother, that was good. That was real good. He told me that 
you have to be uncomfortable to grow. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow because I don't like being uncomfortable, especially when it comes to finances and when it comes to my family. I don't like being uncomfortable because then I, I stress. I stress about it. I get anxiety. I start like, ugh. I don't know, babe. I don't know. Nah, I'm not going to do that. No, no, we're not going to Kings. No, we're, no, we're never going to eat out again. We're just going to cook at home. We're going we're gonna to get through this. <laughs> but it's true. You have to be uncomfortable to grow. You can't, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. It just doesn't happen that way. You've got to add a new variable. You've got to bring something new to the table so you can be accustomed to it. You can grow with it. See, but then it talks about the body armor of God's righteousness. In other translations, it says the breastplate of righteousness, so it's what covers, you know, your chest. But there's something that resides behind that that's very important. Thank you. Thank you. So when you look behind our breastplate, you see a heart. And in Jeremiah, I'm sorry, this word is that. So like when you see your breastplate and you realize what's behind the breastplate of righteousness, you see a heart. And God says in Proverbs 4.23, it's not on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. God says to guard your heart because your heart, we're easy to fall to our emotions. And if our heart is planted in the world, it's very easy to just stray towards the world. But if your heart is planted in God, you, you know, you start leaning towards God, you start getting godly advice, you know. But you got to be careful because if you're in the world and the devil's got so much power on your heart, he can speak something and you believe it. You know, he sends you into this dark pit that you just never feel like you'll come back from. But we have to stop giving his words power. When you, you know, when you're at home and you're enjoying a good time, and he speaks something to you like, oh man, you know, you're, you're worthless. I don't even know why you're here. You get those thoughts of like, you know, wanting to be ugly and like, just evil thoughts. You gotta understand that the devil's speaking that to you. But you gotta be like, nah, man, you know, your words don't mean nothing to me. You know, I know where I'm at. I know what God calls me to be. You know, I don't give your words power over my life because I don't, you know, I don't live for you. But then God steps in and says, hey, man, quit messing with my dude, man. Quit messing with my son and daughter. I've called them to be higher. I've called them to this because I know they can handle it. They deserve a place in my kingdom because that's why I love them. God calls us our most, his, God calls us his most precious creation. So the devil hates us, but God loves us. And God speaks truth, and God is peace, and God is love. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So you sitting in these pews right now was not a mistake. God had already called it to be long ago that you'd be sitting right where you are because this is where he wants you. This is where you're supposed to be. The devil can try to push you around. He can try to say, like, no, man, you're not supposed to be here. You know, you still did all this. Look at your past. Look what you've done. That's to say, man, I know what I've done. But God forgive me. And God loves me. Amen. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to hold that against me no more. 
The devil hates that, and he hates whenever you speak that gospel because he's like, mm, he's like, I can't trick this guy. Just like when Jesus was in the, you know, the forest, he was being tested and tempted, but he knew his scripture and he knew what to speak on. So the, the devil couldn't trick him with what he knew. Now this is my favorite one here. Ephesians six fifteen. For shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So I wanted to know the definition of peace because, you know, everyone says, like, dude, just be peace about it. Like, have peace. It's like, man, what does peace mean? Well, I don't, like, you keep them at peace, but what does it mean to have peace? Well, when you look at the definition of peace, it says freedom from disturbance. And peace is something that you can have right now. If you walked in through those doors this morning with a heavy heart, right now. You can have peace. Amen. You can lay whatever it is that's on your heart right there on your pew, right here on the altar. And you can walk out with it with a lifted heart. And man, that's all you need. That's all you need. You just got to leave it here. Amen. Now, I was debating whether or not to share what I'm going through, but peace is something I struggle with. And it's hard to obtain sometimes, especially when everything just seems to be folding in on itself. So, many of you don't know, but I quit my job. It was something that me and my wife just talked about. It was something that I just I couldn't do it no more. You know, the place I was in, it was having an effect more on my family than anything. And my family means more to me than anything. I'd rather be poor and broke and have my family than to be rich and, you know, wealthy to have nothing. Amen. So I was like, I got to get out of here. And so I told my wife, I was like, can I quit? She's like, yeah, you can quit. I was like, you from? You sure? You good? <laughs> She's like, yeah, baby, quit. I was like, all right. And so I, you know, I, I try to do it the right way. You know, you're not supposed to quit. You're supposed to give two weeks notice, you know, but now it's a place where I'm ready to go. Now I'm not saying you go quit your job or anything. You're struggling there. I just, <laughs> I just, it's something that God was speaking to me, man. It's something that he had put on my heart. And I just, I gave in. I gave in. I was like, all right, God, this is what you want, man. I'm, I'm trusting you. And I would remind you if I said I wasn't scared. But it's okay to feel scared. But it's not okay to be scared. My flesh is trembling, but my soul is strong, and my soul is bold, and I trust God. My wife has been my rock. You know, when I told her I was gonna quit, she's like, "We got it, baby. We can do it. We got this. You know, I know you can do it, and you know, I know that you know you can do it." And I was like, "You're right, babe. I know I can do it. I know I can do it." But not only does having a wife who stands next to you ready to fight. You also have brothers and sisters who stand behind you like, hey man, we got you. Amen. We got you. That's right. We're going to be here for you no matter what. And everyone knows my wife's always ready to go to war. That goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but God had been telling me for a long time, he's like, you got to put your armor on. You have to put your armor on. We are walking around Mardell's like a month ago or so, and They've got all these little knickknacks, like super cool stuff. And it's got Bible scriptures and, you know, verses. And there was this one coin that just stuck out to me. And I didn't know what it said. I just saw it from across the room. And I was like, hey, that looks cool. Let me check that out. And I grabbed it. And it says, Arm of God. I was like, huh. I was like, that's crazy, man. Like, I feel like something's been you know, popping up lately. Something's popping a lot. And then Father's Day, they handed me a gift. And I went home and I opened my gift. And inside the card, the first card that I read, was armor of God. 
make sure you have your arm on God's leg. I was like, all right, God, like, we're trying to tell you, man, like, what's going to come? I'm kind of scared. You keep throwing to my face, like, what's going on? I'm scared. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I was like, have my arm on. I don't, I don't know what's going to come, but I got it on me. But I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to fight whatever the devil's going to throw at me. I'm ready to, I'm ready to struggle. I'm ready to do whatever I got to do because I want God to know, like, I trust you, man. If I gotta be dirt poor for the next, you know, year and a half, so be it. Because I'm gonna follow you. And I told Haley, I was like, man, I'm gonna quit my job, Haley, but I want us to really go to God in this time. I want us to, you know, wake up and read our Bibles, and I want us to wake up and I want us to sing worship and just do whatever. Because I want God to see us in the morning. I want Him to be with us through our day. And I started feeling a slip, and I was like, man, like, man, we're not Bibles, like, we can get back on that. She's like, yeah, I know, and it's hard. It's, it's really hard to stay on that persistence, but yeah. you gotta have persistence. You gotta be consistent with it. Because you can't read your Bible on Monday and then pick it up again on Sunday. No, so you gotta read that thing all week long. You gotta have that out there. But when you stand in peace, you're immovable. You're unshakable. The devil can't touch you when you stand in peace because you know what's right, and you know that that's where you're meant to be. And then Ephesians 6.16, we see, in addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So same thing here is, what is faith? What is faith? Sometimes we need a reminder of what it is that we're trying to achieve. Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So when you have faith, you believe that in the future, that is going to happen. Right? You believe that that is going to be what you ask for and what you pray for. You have faith. You've got confidence that God is going to deliver that promise to you. And when you're in that battle, man, you got to have that faith. you got to have that faith. If you don't have that faith, you're, you're done. You're done for. You're exposed. You're going to you know, you're gonna walk around all day long and like, just hate your life. You know, oh, I don't know why I go to church. It's not working. And da 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 you gotta have faith. You gotta trust. You gotta be confident that the Lord is gonna deliver His promise to you. And that's hard too, because if you don't got peace, you can't have faith. You gotta have faith. They all have to be together. They all gotta be one unit. They gotta be all together. The thing is, the devil wants you to go around all day. You know, he wants you to have your head down and you're like, oh, I hate today, man. You know, I got money. I'm gonna eat today. Car got no gas. You know, just. He wants you mumbling about all that's wrong. And that's what he does because then when God's like, hey man, we won. We won that battle that we were going through for the past two months. And it's like, oh, we won? So like, yeah, man, we won. Did you not see that all I had done for you? You see all that? Like, you know, I, I took you away from your job, but look, you had more time with your family and kids. And look at your wife, dude. She's happy. Like, y'all have a good life. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that. So you wasted your whole time struggling, worrying, fearing. When God, all he told you to do was like, dude, trust me. I told you to trust me, and look what I did for you. I got you through it. Yeah, it was hard, but look, you're stronger, you're better, you're faithful. But you've got to recognize that when you're in trial, it's time to grow, and it's time to be new. Enjoy the struggle. That's not something that's very common, because we don't want to be in the struggle, but you've got to enjoy the struggle. No one wants to be in the struggle. But enjoy it while you're there. Because then when peace time comes, like, oh man, that was they remember when we were eating the uh, mac and cheese for like three weeks? Yeah, that was rough. 
<laughs> you know, God's got you, man. God will be like, look at all you've come through. You can handle what's next. I trust you. You're my soldier. I know you can handle this. And then we look at Ephesians 6.17. Man, Ephesians is real good. I love Ephesians. You know, I've only read Ephesians a handful of times, but in this season, Ephesians has been on my heart big time. It has spoke to me in ways that I would have never read before. And that's why you got to continuously read your Bible. Because what you read back then, you're like, I don't, I don't really get nothing from that. You know, well, what does it mean for me? You go back and you're like, oh my God, that's speaking to me. Like, that's me right now. I need that. I need that peace. I need this. I need that. you got to read your Bible. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 17 says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Salvation is preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Jesus has delivered us from death. You and I will never die 100%. We may die in the physical world, you know, and our flesh will die, but our soul lives on forever. And when we die, we get to go and stand before God and be like, man, God, I live for you, man. I live for you. We're not here for a long time. You have to understand that, too. You know, you have to be in consistent cooperation with God because it's a hard place to follow. You can die tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And where do you stand with God? Do you stand on his good side or his bad side? And that's all that matters. You know, if you live your life faithful to God, then who cares what tomorrow has? You knew that you lived your life 100% for God and you were saved. And you get to live a peaceful life after this. So live your life for God. Quit worrying about the struggle. Quit worrying about what's going to happen next. Just live for God. Our time here is to serve the Lord. And that means that we're here to serve each other. We're here to serve our church. We're here to serve our Lord. We're here to just display that we live for God only. Because when Jesus was put on that cross, he didn't do it for nothing. He didn't just say, oh, I guess I'll save a few people down the road, you know. That's whatever. He was thinking of you. When he took those six inch nails through his arms and his feet. He was thinking of you. He's like, oh, you know, my son, I see you. And I'm dying for you here. I'm going to take my last breath. It's for you. I want you to know that I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to save you when you need me. I'm going to deliver you so that you can come and spend eternity with me. You don't have to worry anymore. Someone get that baby. <laughs> It's crazy to me, though, that Jesus took six-inch nails through his wrists, through his hands. Like, he did that for me. And he died on that cross for me. And you've got to make it personal. You've got to make everything God's done personal for you. Because if you think, like, oh, God did it for them, like, no, God did it for you. God did that for you. He took that punishment for you so that you didn't have to. And that's something I gotta remind myself, like, man, God is for me. God is never against me. He would have never done that if he didn't care about me. He loves me, and I gotta recognize that he's got my back no matter what. But then it also says the sword of the spirit. So you got your shield, but what are you gonna fight with? You know, the shield's to defend yourself, but how do you attack back? How do you fight back? And that's what you get. You got your sword of the spirit. This sword of the spirit is sharper than any blade. This world has to offer. 
It's stronger than the strongest steel this world has to offer. And it's yours. And maybe you've dropped your sword and your shield. Maybe you've dropped your helmet, your chest plate, your belt, your shoes. Put it back on. It's time to, it's time to, it's time to get it all back. You know, you gotta recognize what you're in. You're like, all right, God, I'm battle ready, man. Come on, I, I got you. Let's put on my helmet, put on my chest plate. I got you. I'm ready to go to war for you. And then we see in Ephesians 6.18. Pray in the Spirit at all times, not every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. It says in there, be persistent. You have to be persistent with God. You've got to read your Bible daily. You've got to meditate. You've got to ask God to be with you through your daily battles. And some of us don't really know how to do that. You know, some like, oh, I really need God right now. Man, he, God is with you right now. He's in the pews with you right now. He's sitting next to you. Amen. You just got to have a conversation with him. He's not a regular person. You just got to have that, that connection with him. And, you know, maybe you had a hard day at work or a hard day wherever. And he's like, you want to cry in your car? God's right there in your passenger seat. He's right there with you. He has never left you. God has never left you. He's always next to you. Be alert. You have to be alert. The enemy's always working. He doesn't take weekends off. He doesn't take holidays off. He's going to use whatever you give him against you. So you've got to make sure that your family's good. You've got to make sure you're good. You've got to just trust God. Trust God. Pray on every occasion. I don't find myself that before I entered this time of my trial, you know, I really wasn't Praying to God, I was just kind of like, hey, maybe we'll say a prayer. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, quick prayer. That's it. But like, now that I've been in this, I'm like, man, God, I really need you today because I don't really know what to do right now. You know, I, I just trust you, God. I just, I, all I have is a hallelujah. That's all I got. I trust you, God. I just need you to see me. And I need you to be with me. Because then when I get to my good time, I'm like, man, God, I, you have my back, man. I pray to you and you answer my prayers. I want to remain that constant connection with God. I don't want to be in and out. I don't like, oh man, God, I really pray to my hard time. Good time to hear you be right there. I'm going to go over here. I want to be, I want him to be with me through it all. Start to finish. The good thing about our God is that he doesn't keep counting. You can, you can turn your back on God a hundred times and come back and do it a few more times and come back. He'd still welcome you. It was the first time he never saw you. God does not keep count. Maybe you've been far from God and you've just kind of been lukewarm. You haven't really been in, you haven't really been out, but you're just kind of in the middle there. I'm telling you that it's worth it. It's worth it to suffer for God than to suffer for nothing. So when you step into God's presence, just know that he's got you, man. And it's okay to suffer for him because it's for something. It's for something righteous. So right now, if you have your armor on, or maybe you have your armor on, I want us all to put our armor on, metaphorically. So I want you all to raise your hands like this, right? We're going to put on our helmet of salvation. We're going to put on our breastplate of righteousness. We're going to put on our belt of truth, our shoes of peace. We're going to pick up that shield of faith, 
Maybe it's a little damp, yeah, you know, you haven't touched on all, but you're gonna pick it up. You're gonna hold it high. That's yours. Amen. That's your faith. Amen. And then we're gonna grab our sword, which is your Bible. Amen. There you go, brother, right there. Hold it high. Uh huh? Yeah. That's the sword of the Spirit right there. Yep. My challenge to you, though, is to read Ephesians 6 for yourself. Um, Ephesians 6 is amazing. I love it. It has worked in my heart a lot this past few weeks. But I want you to read it because when you read it in your own little time and you meditate on it, God <laughs> speaks to you the way I can't speak to you. Because I'm sharing with you how God spoke to me, but how is God going to speak to you? So you go and you read Ephesians 6, just ask God, be like, man, God, like, I don't know what battles I'm in right now, but whatever I'm in, I ask that you would just give me clarity. Just help me understand, like, where I'm, where I'm lacking in armor. Maybe I don't have my belt of truth on. Maybe I lost my shoes. Just help me to find everything, because I want to be 100% covered. I want to be combat ready. That's all I have for you today, church. But I'm happy that you're here. I want you to know that hard times always come, but when you have a church that is saturated in the spirit, when you have people who are next to you who don't judge, who don't criticize, because they know what it's been like to struggle, they've been through that, and they're willing to help you get through that. So I love you guys. Let's go into town worship.